This recording is from Fintech Nexus USA, formerly known as Line of Fintech USA, held at the Javits Center in New York City on May 25th to 26, 2022. It's from the track Banking Crosses Into Its Digital Future, sponsored by Galileo Financial Technologies and is titled Building Familiarity and Sustained Confidence into the BNPL Ecosystem. Speaking on this session is Shiro Aikot, MasterCard, with moderator Daniel Keyes from Javelin Strategy and Research. Uh, thank you all for joining us this afternoon. I'm Daniel Keyes. I'm an analyst from, Jav- uh, from Javelin Strategy and Research, and I'm excited to be joined today by Shiro Aikot, uh, the Executive Vice President of uh, Product and Engineering for MasterCard in North America. Uh, and Shiro, I know we only have so much time, so maybe we should just get, jump, jump right into it. Uh, MasterCard. Uh, you know, was, was kind enough to share some new data about BNPL with me. Um, today we'll be talking about you know, build, uh, building trust and familiarity with BNPL in the ecosystem. Uh, and one data point that really jumped out to me was that the majority of consumers uh, would, pref- would, f- would feel safer using a BNPL product if it was backed by a major payment network as opposed to maybe you know, a, a, a fintech or, a, or, or another provider. And I'm curious what can you know, ma- card networks, other major payment players do to leverage a trust that consumers already have in in you know in them and the relationships they already have to you know strengthen the BNPL space and help it grow. Yeah, thank you, Dan, and uh, uh, thank you for ha- hosting us here today. Um, look, before we go into the BNPL data, I think one of the things most important is wh- where is the consumer choice? Where, where's what are consumers thinking? And and the pandemic has shifted a lot of the consumers, the way they look at payments, the way the experiences are. Like eighty plus percent of consumers today are much more open to using some form of a digital payment or emerging payment technology, right? And that number has grown significantly over the last years. If you think about what's happening in the e-com space, uh, you know, when the pandemic happened, we saw, you know, significant growth in e-com volume across the board. And, you know, there was a lot of questions about, are we going to see that? Are we going to sustain it? And, and that trend is here to stay. More and more consumers are getting comfortable more and more want a digital experience, more and more want to have an e-com experience as well. And that's, that's what's driving the fuel of BNPL. What was, what was very surprising to us is when we were launching a BNPL product um, a program in late last year, we were looking at consumer data and one out of, one out of every two Americans have used or willing to use BNPL product. Right? That's, a, that's a huge growth in this segment, right? I mean, BNPL product is not new. It's called traditional uh, financing at the point of sale. We have seen that in different many flavors over the years. But what has really pivoted consumers to is the digital experience. It's the, you know, buy it now, pay in four, which is the predominant BNPL uh, program out there, which you, you know, pay 0% interest rates. And it's, it's the ability to make a purchase at the point of sale and have the choice, right? And I think that's what's, what's driven it. We have seen some great consumer demand. We have seen some great growth in the BNPL. But there are some things that, uh, that there still needs to be resolved. And this is one of the things we talked about, back to your point. And when we, when we formed, formulated our BNPL position, there were a couple of things that uh, were very fundamental for us to, us to take into account. First, consumers, to your point, over 60% of consumers want a BNPL experience, but they want it from a trusted entity. And that's with the payment network backing them up or even a financial institution that they have a relationship with, right? And that's really important. Uh, the other is about safety and security. The other is about choice that we'll get in later on in the discussion. So part of our strategy and, and part of what you, I think we're going to see in the future 
is the democratization of BNPL. And it's how do the networks come into play to leverage the, the growth in BNPL. But more importantly, I think, how do we open up the BNPL channel for traditional financial institutions, fintechs, and others? Because at the end of the day, consumers want more choice and consumers want more merchant participation. And leveraging the payments network to democratize that is going to be an important element to continue to serve the consumer demand in this space. Absolutely. And then so with that payments choice, and the, the same data uh, pointed towards the majority of consumers use BNPL products for larger purchases, emergency purchases, which makes sense, as you mentioned, you know, layaway historically has always yeah. been used for things like that. But BNPL has gotten so popular. Like in the future, do you see BNPL breaking into more everyday spend, or is it going to be more just for larger purchases in the years to come? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. Look, I mean, when we look at anything that's indication of where the consumer data tells us what consumers want, 80% of consumers today want more merchants to participate in BNPL. Today, if you think about the BNPL players, we have roughly approximately 35,000 merchants in the United States, give and take that support BNPL. That's a fraction of what the merchant community, the acceptance community is. And so the consumers are really looking for more merchant participation where they can have used the BNPL products for more, more, uh, more of the transactions outside just retail. Uh, and that could include things like small business plays a very important role. Think about a doctor's office where you, know, you have a procedure, you want to break it up into a BNPL product installment loan. Uh, those are those are the places where small business can be significantly beneficial from BNPL. Uh, you know, so I think that the way we have constructed is we have really taken away the friction from the merchant to integrate into the BNPL solution. If a merchant accepts Mastercard, they automatically have the ability to accept the BNPL program. Uh, so I think that over time we're going to see more of different use cases come up. Um, where with more merchant participation, with more uh, lenders and institutions providing this choice, I think we'll see more of that expand. But also we have to be careful. We have to be careful because we also want this to be a choice for the consumers, a good thing for the consumers. We also don't want this to be where even every small ticket item becomes a BNPL uh, you know, installment program. And that's one of the reasons we have put some put some uh, criteria and boundaries where our BNPL program only happens $50 and above. So we want to be careful of giving consumers choice, but not also making it uh, where it starts to you know, get into categories where it doesn't really make sense uh, for consumers to be using that. So I think time will tell, but every indication that we have is uh, we're going to see hopefully more merchant participation and definitely more expansion of use cases. Absolutely. And then so with that additional merchant participation, you know, it's something you can use BNPL products at more and more places, but not necessarily everywhere. Well, you, know, you can use a credit card almost everywhere. How important is reaching ubiquity for you know, the success of BNPL in the years to come? Yeah, look, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the way we have designed the solution, I think the more right use cases, the right merchant categories is really going to be important for consumers to have a choice. I don't think this is going to be where every merchant is going to make sense for a BNPL product to be offered. And then that's why I think we have to have some, some boundaries to be able to maintain and protect that consumer uh, from, from, from purchases that really don't fit into a BNPL criteria. So I think we'll have more ubiquitous than we have today, uh, given the solutions and the way we have constructed our program. Uh, I think that, you know, it's it's going to be driven by consumer choice and merchants, right? So more consumer demand will drive more merchant participation and more different offerings. 
Um, but I think that the way we have constructed it today is day one, any merchant who accepts MasterCard automatically is able to support a BNPO program. So it takes away the, the, the owners of the merchant to integrate the technical lift and it makes it much more a path to ubiquitous than, than what we had seen before. Absolutely. And then, so what can be done as you know, consumers something can use BNPL everywhere to educate them appropriately. You know, decades ago, the consumers need to be educated about how to use credit cards safely, understand the risks and benefits, and now we need to do the same thing with BNPL. So, what can card networks, FIs, everyone else do to educate uh, consumers appropriately? Yeah, I mean, look, I think um, anybody who's looking at the BNPL space is well aware of the fact that there's a lot of talk about potential regulation coming down the space, and the CFPB has already put on some best practices. And when we look at a solution, it's not just about the digital experience and the consumer choice, it's also about wrapping that with uh, the, the payment network uh, services that help protect the consumer. Uh, so I'll answer that question in two ways, right? So if you think about PNPL products, consumers are used to something on the payment networks when they use their debit, credit, prepaid products. They're used to zero liability. They're used to a very simple return process. They want to make sure if they buy something, they made a one installment payment, they don't like it, they return it. They want all of that money to be coming back to them. They don't need to chase, they don't need to call the merchant or the lender. They want that to work seamlessly. That's really important. The other piece is about consumer underwriting, right? We are, we are getting into a world today with more and more inclusion happening as more and more of the digital solutions are getting penetrated in this market. It's bringing in the financial inclusion piece where, you know, the traditional FICO scores are a great way to underwrite, but that's changing. Open banking data is becoming much more ubiquitous. And in fact, you know, uh, more than 50% of consumers said that if they, are, if they get some value add through some of these services, they're more than happy to share their personal information. It's a very different position from where we were probably four years ago. So when we think about BNPL, it's not just about giving that consumer the traditional financing. It's about making sure that consumer experience is protected throughout the journey through zero liability, through safety and security solutions that we have put on BNPL and through consumer education. But more importantly, it's also leveraging open banking uh, as, as an option for many of the lenders where now you can take consumer consented data and you can underwrite them and give them choice and flexibility that traditional FICO scores may not be able to do. Uh, and if you think about what's happening, if you look at the credit bureaus, they're all starting to report, and most of them are starting to report BNPL loans on the credit, credit files, right? And it brings a lot of that transparency for lenders to say, how do I make sure that I look at the credit worthiness and the credit risk so I can appropriately give, uh, underwrite the consumer? So bring transparency of that information, leveraging open banking data, making zero liability protection, uh, making sure that the consumer experience even before and after the purchase is seamless is all important things that, uh, that we need to do in terms of consumer education. And when you look at the CFPB recommendations, they're very much aligned with what we have, our solution does is to make sure we address all of those concerns because at the end of the day, uh, consumers love experiences, consumers like the digital savviness, they like this, but at the end of the day, if we don't give them the protection, we don't make the consumer experience easy, uh, it's going to be a challenging position. So for this, for this growth to happen in the trajectory that it is headed towards, we have to make sure that we give them all of those choices, but protect them in a manner that they're used to. Certainly. And then uh, you, you mentioned a lot about how 
you know, there are protections coming into place so there be regulation and so on. Uh, what obstacles are you seeing towards, you know, truly building trust and confidence in consumers? I, obviously, the regulation will help. Are you seeing any other obstacles to, you know, getting consumers on board, or is it really just some protections from the government will go a long way? No, I think I think consumers, uh, you know, consumers. As I go back to what majority of consumers said, over eighty percent, right? They want trust. They like the BNPL experience. They want to be able to have it from an entity that they trust, be the bank, be the credit card, be the institution they have a relationship with. Uh, and the network, payment networks that they're used to. So that's going to be important uh, for us to continue to maintain that consumer confidence. Uh, the other part is going to be all, this, all the things that we talked about. The more we can make the consumer data use open banking data and transparency of what loans they have to help with underwriting, the better we'll be able to protect the consumer confidence. Uh, and, and the other things that we spoke about, zero liability, all of those things that are really going to be important for maintaining the consumer confidence, and we'll grow. Like as, as any other solution in the market, as any other trend, as we get into the market, we see the trends, we'll evolve, we'll see the consumer behavior, we'll see where the consumer trends are, and we'll continue to innovate on it. But I'm very confident getting out of the gate, the solutions that we have to date are definitely very much aligned with the experience, the savviness of a digital experience, but also the protection that the consumer wants and needs and should have in this experience. And so you know, as the BNPL, as BNPL gets bigger and bigger and bigger, it's moving off of just online and also getting in store. Yeah. Uh, and what can be done to create you know, the same positive digital savvy experience in store at the point of sale as opposed to online? Because it's one thing to do it retroactively when you, when you go in store. You go back after the fact and punch it in and then get, turn it into installment. But that's not the same easy experience that you get online. So what can be done in store to make that experience just as good? Yeah, so, you know, the way our digital... Uh, our digital uh, tokens work, um, virtual card numbers, is those are easily put into any consumer wallet and they can be used by contactless is accepted. So I think the contactless, uh, the, the journey that we have been in this market on contactless and the double-digit growth that we have seen allows us to make sure that we continue to leverage the online, the, the, the face-to-face channel as well to give that experience. Uh, and so that's going to help because consumers can now take that BNPL credential and tap on a phone or tap on a point of sale device and be able to use it in a contactless experience. I think the, the point about how do I get a transactional financing loan at the point of sale, physical point of sale, I think that's continued to be worked through uh, and that will require definitely some, some work and innovation for the industry to get together to be able to do that at the point of sale. But I think we are on the right path with taking what's worked in e-commerce and being leveraging contactless to give them that experience and continuing to build on it. And then, you know, as you know, BNPL continues to get more popular and reaches in store and touches more and more sales and is able to be used more regularly, how do you view its relationship to credit cards and debit cards? Is it, you know, another, is it complementary? Do is there any kind of other relationship? Because they could be used alongside each other, but some people might view it more adversarially in an adversarial way. So I'm curious what you think. Yeah, I, look, I think it's about it's all about choice, right? So consumers today have choice at the point of sale. They can use the debit card, they can use the prepaid card, they can use the credit card. This is another choice they have. Uh, to be able to use, depending on how and when they want to be able to use that. Uh, I think that when I when I look at where the data is, where the BNPL is, consumers that use credit will continue to use credit. Consumers that want to do debit will continue to do debit. Consumers that want to take advantage of transactional financing at that point of sale and may say, look, I don't want to use my credit or I, I want to break this up into payments, I want to take advantage of the 0% for payments in four and not use all my money in the debit account that's sitting. Uh, and just break it up into four payments, they'll continue to do it. I don't see this as 
them at contradiction with each other. What I see this is complementing and giving consumer another choice. Uh, and that's what exactly this is about. If you think about where we are heading in a multi-rail world, right? It's about account to account payments. It's about, you know, leveraging technology. It's about real-time payments. It's about ACH. Those are all choices for consumers. And it's happening today. It's happening in the rest of the world. It's happening in, in Pakistan, in the US. And so us, for us, it's about making sure that the technology and the rails are available so the consumer can make the right choice. And you know, as MasterCard and Visa and others move more into the BNPL space more actively, how could that transform the space down the road? Because obviously the card networks were not always f fully pre pre present in the space and now increasingly you are. So what can that do to the space? Uh, I, I think we'll see more innovation come through. Like it's, it's a very, it's, uh, to me it's, uh, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the market dynamics. The more players you get in this place, there's more innovation. There's more choice, which allows more consumers to be able to use it, which allows expansion of usage use cases, and it allows technology to be able to get to its best place by leveraging, by having more players into it. So for me, it's a, it's a great, I think it's great that we're in this space, and I think uh, we are not here to compete with uh, any of the BNPL players. In fact, we are here to work with all of them to make sure that there are bits and pieces of our solution that can enable consumer choice, and we want to make sure that at the end of the day, the consumer has the best choice available. So to me, it's about, you know, the more we, more players coming into this place, the more we democratize BNPL through the networks, we allow the entry of many players and that opens up technology and innovation. Certainly, and uh, I do want to, everyone, if you would like to submit questions, you can do so, but I know we're running a little short on time at this yeah. point. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, Joe, is there anything else with, you know, with the BNPL space that you think is, re is really interesting at this moment and anything else that you think we, people aren't talking about enough? Yeah, look, I think I would say that I look at BNPL not just as a standalone solution. I look at it as the evolution of where we are going in a multi-rail journey, right? And for us, it's about consumer choice. So BNPL is another great example of leveraging open banking, leveraging card rails, leveraging transactional financing, digital assets to bring choice to the consumer. Uh, to me, it's, uh, it's one piece of the puzzle. And as we step into this multi-rail world, there'll be more innovation and be more things like BNPL that come up. I mean, it, it, the space has obviously become, become very influential and has a lot of potential. And I, I, I am very interested to see, you know, as consumers you know, learn more about it and slot it into their arsenal of things they could use to pay, is it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, are people using it all the time? Are they using it once a, once a month? It's, 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 it, you know, it, it hasn't totally settled in yet. And I think that'll be really influential for what, yep. what is in the future. And suddenly forgetting my question, I apologize. Oh, that's fine. I, I think we have a question on the screen. Do you expect BNPL merchant costs to drop to typical uh, IC rates? Look, I think it's very hard to predict what the costs are going to be, right? Um, I, I, I wish I could predict costs and I would be, uh, you know, um, say, sitting in Vegas and trying to uh, say at the blackjack table. What I will say is that BNPL today adds value to the merchants. We have seen 35% increasing basket size. Uh, the way we have constructed our program, it's not about interchange, it's about value exchange outside the interchange world. Uh, there are categories that leverage BNPL that have different value exchanges than categories that don't. And so over time, what, what will the, the pricing look like? I think that's going to be depending on use cases, that's going to be depending on consumer usage, that's going to be depending on the basket side, what values we see out of the merchants and more ticket size, more sales. Uh, but I think right now the way we have position is to be to balance across the different players of the ecosystem in a way that everybody benefits from it.
Absolutely. Do we have any more questions, or is that the only one? Yeah, I'll, I'll look at it. Uh, how and when will MasterCard make BNPL available to FIs? It's available today. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, we have different phases of a BNPL, and today FIs can, through the banking app, uh, uh, <coughs> go into uh, and, and offer a virtual card number that's tokenized through MasterCard and be able to leverage the BNPL solution. So uh, it's available today. Phase two is coming up uh, in third quarter, where we're going to be integrating it uh, with uh, with click to pay and and other uh, you know uh, wallets, but uh, is any any FI today? And in fact, we are working with many FIs in the space to make this uh, make the solution available to their consumers. Uh, I look at two more questions because we are out of time. But whose responsibility is to pick and choose which merchants should be able to offer BNPL? Uh, look, this is um, it's 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 up to the merchants, right? So merchants have the ability to say. Yes, I want to participate. If they don't, they can opt out of the program. It's about the merchant choice. It's about, and it's going to be driven over time by consumer demand, right? So I think between both the consumer and the merchant, uh, there's going to be, there's going to be some definition of which merchants want to play, which don't want to play. Our job as a network, as I go back to democratize the network, is to make sure everybody has choice. And, and you get that choice at a very low cost where you don't have to build technology to enable that choice. And that's what we have done. I think over time, uh, between consumer demand and merchants, we'll look at what makes sense and what doesn't in merchants play. Um, you know, I'll look at one more question. I, I think we did that. Uh, I think that's it. No, more, no yeah. other questions. I think it's, thank you all for your time. And thank you to Chiro for uh, you know, providing your insight for us. Thanks a lot, Dan. Thank you, guys. <laughs>